Hello and welcome to Tools in the Shed, a podcast powered by Cars Guide, ready to rip into car stuff that's caught our eye this week. I'm Cars Guide Deputy Editor James, and with me are two of our key contributors, Chesto and Byron. Welcome. Good morning, uh, good afternoon, this- and good evening. This week, we're looking at the other large SUV. Nissan's Patrol is on fire currently with a Nismo Performance version potentially in the wings. So we want to talk about that. We'll discuss a trio of recent entries to the Cars Guide garage, and we'll catch up with an eco-warrior dressed as Wario in this week's Muskwatch. YouTubers, you can jump ahead courtesy of the time codes in the notes below, and you can click on the chapter markers in the timeline. So let's go. And we're going to start. Um, Chesto, it's great you're in the podcast because this story has been creating a lot of interest during the week. Yeah. A lot of, lot of chat about 200 series Land Cruiser morphing into 300 series, but, but under the radar almost in the background, Nissan's Patrol, longtime competitor for, for Land Cruiser, has been going pretty well. And it's the one with a, a V8, not only a V8, but a petrol V8 under the bonnet. Um, tell us what you found in terms of how it's going in the market and other bits and pieces connected to it. So we'll, we'll circle back to the exciting one in just a second, but we'll, we'll focus on the patrol itself for a moment. And you're right, okay. at the moment it is deemed the sort of other large SUV, isn't it? Because all the talk, all the news has been about around Land Cruiser. But in the background, this petrol-powered sort of off-road icon is just racking up sales and racking up sales. So they sold around 3,000 last year, which is four times the number they sold in 2017. They sold 900 already this year, putting them on track to sell about 3,500. So and Chester, they're... correct me if I'm wrong, it's pretty much the same car that was on sale in 2017. There's not, not a lot of fundamental change to it. Or, there have or, been some updates, but, updates. Nothing, okay. but nothing fundamental. Like, yep. you know, it's that idea of just tickling around the edges. Um, All right. Cosmetic, certainly nothing mechanical. Uh, for example, the current car, as I understand, it doesn't get Apple CarPlay or Android Auto or anything like that. So it's, it's got some some sort of old tech in it. But Does it have Bluetooth and cruise control? <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's so old. But it is certainly not deterring people. And the interesting thing there was that uh, the, the boss of Nissan in Australia, Stephen Lester, was told when he got here, and he's on the record as saying this, that people told me we'd never sell any more patrols because it's petrol only and people yep. diesel in that kind of a vehicle. Yep. And here we are a few years later and, and, and sales are through the absolute roof. Now, yep. part of that is circumstance, of course. Uh, I think the Rona helps in that scenario. I think the ever-growing queues for Land Cruiser probably helped in that scenario and the, and the ever-increasing prices. But we're at a point now where, there, where, where there's a between nine and 12-month wait for a new patrol. What? Um, it's, a, it's almost wow. a, perfect, it's a perfect storm for a car like that, isn't it? Um, yeah. To me, the patrol encapsulates where the world has gone from an automotive point of view in that topsy-turvy, unpredictable um, kind of manner. And in 2019, I thought surely this car is at the end of its line. It's become irrelevant. It's too big. It's just, it's going to be, um, it's already outmoded. And suddenly it's had this second life, which yeah. has probably been the patrol way since the 1950s when it first yeah. appeared. As a, well, the, the, the last time I drove one, I remember looking at it and I thought, yeah, this is very much about the US market. No surprise there. And isn't it obscene? It's so big and it's got this enormous petrol engine. And then I drove it, it was so good. It yeah. was so it's so good in terms of meeting the brief for for, for what it's meant to deliver. Uh, yeah, sorry, just don't continue on. No, well, that's right, I man. Look, that's their argument as well. Is that people think of diesel as a towing car, people think of diesel as a cross country car, but 
they've found, and I guess their customers are, are proof in the pudding, that actually this petrol V8 does everything most of its customers could ever want it to do, really. You know, the yeah. exception being people who are on really rural properties who might not have access to petrol for whatever reason. Right. Um, but for, for most people, it seems to be a, a oh, suitable answer. It's so comfortable. I mean, and that, that V8 is A, geared and B, engineered to be, not lazy, but but very smooth, and uh, it's not a racy car by any stretch. But it's got plenty of torque, and uh, it's a super nice car to drive. Yeah, sounds great too. Yeah, sounds great too. Mm. But to be honest with you, I saw one just yesterday. I was picking up a car. We have there's a facility in Sydney, dear listeners, where most press cars live to go and collect for reviews, and it was parked there waiting for collection. In fact, by a cars guider, I think James. Okay. I, I was. I haven't seen one in some time. I was struck again by just how massive it is. And when you see it lined up against like a whole host of other cars from other brands and different body styles, mate, it still towers above them. Like it's huge. Mm. Well, that's part of what that's part of what goes through your mind. The amount of material that has gone into the construction of this vehicle is just obscene. And then you drive it and go, oh, but it feels so good. Um, You've got to say that Nissan did a good job facelifting it as well to differentiate it from the uh, the uh, the 2010 BC AD. The 2010 version, right? Um, it was inside and out, so they actually did, on a minute clearly with minimum funds. Um, yeah, I think they did a, a great job. Because in the in the states, it's Armada. Is that yeah. is that right? Does that ring a bell with you guys? Yep. That's yes. Correct. I mean, it's a little different, um, yeah. but it's essentially the same vehicle, and you can feel that. This is meant to cruise down a freeway and and uh, and do it very well. It does that. Uh, brilliantly well. Also very popular in the Middle East, again, where petrol V8s are pretty sought-after engine. Yes. More often so, on two wheels, I would have thought. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> At high speed, two wheels. It's very popular on that one. Which, although Byron does raise an interesting point about their ability to differentiate. So news broke about two weeks ago. In fact, it broke from Nissan. They revealed the damn thing, which was the Nissan Patrol Nismo V8. Yep. And again, the point of different differentiation there is that it's going to be a sort of road-focused performance patrol, which, you know, even as I utter those words, sounds slightly ridiculous, but it it does look like an absolute mean machine. It's it's lined in the Nismo red, etc. It does look just like a bit beefier and a bit angrier. Yeah. But critically, they've also worked on the V8 engine. So we know what the, the engine's got at the moment puts out a not insignificant 298 kilowatts and 560 newton meters. Yeah. But they say that the, the, the what Nissan called the Takumi Craftsman team, the same people who build the GTR. GTR, yeah. Were let loose on the Nismo. Uh, and they've sort of managed to up the outputs to 320 kilowatts, <laughs> yeah. 560 newton meters, which is pretty impressive. Uh, there's also sort of ducting and downforce and rear spoilers and all that kind of stuff, better braking yep. performance, high-speed handling changes, Bilstein shock absorbers. And the point, as Nissan openly says, is to provide sportier and improved handling. Uh, the question being improved from what? <laughs> well, at the well, moment, the mobile, uh, at the moment, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're talking, you're talking 1960s land yacht in the states at the moment in terms of <laughs> yeah. one finger to twirl the right. wheel. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But what I love about this car is all the reasons we've just discussed. It is vaguely ridiculous. It's this on-road performance-focused block of units, basically powered yeah. by this stumping V8 engine. 
And yeah. so as a result, we kind of assumed that Australia probably wouldn't be interested in it. And in fact, mm-hmm. the sort of word we got out of them initially was that they're working on a patrol warrior, which Byron will tell us all about in just a second. Yep. And that's going to sort of fill the, the patrol performance hole in this market. Right. But at some point over the last couple of weeks, that began to change, potentially because they they honestly can't sell enough patrols at the moment, or they can't get enough patrols at the moment. So suddenly there is a bit of interest in that model. And from the CEO on down, they're talking about the possibility of doing a three-tier patrol lineup in Australia. Because, Chesto, just to jump in, am I right in thinking that the NISMO is initially anyway a Middle East special, that it only goes there? That's correct. Right. For the time that was the market where this vehicle was originally intended for, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. The Y62 was... Yeah. A, uh, a Middle East market focused. That's right. I believe it was unveiled there and launched there. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. I, was like, still in, I was still in school, of course. But. It might go elsewhere, but certainly it was revealed in the Middle East as, you know, clearly as a Middle East sort of based model. But Australia is now interested in it. So in, in coming in coming months or years, the patrol lineup could go Nissan Patrol, Nissan Patrol Warrior, which is, of course, the Australian-produced model like the Navara Warrior. Yep. And then this patrol Nismo sitting at the very top of the tree. Or as Crafty would call it, the Warrior. The Warrior, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, he's the, one, once were Warriors. Now, the price in the, uh, price in the Middle East, if you do a straight conversion for the Nismo, is about 140000 or 138 grand. Ooh. It'll be It'll be more than that in Australia. The the standard is the standard uh, patrol at the moment. Um, I think it's just really undergone a price increase again, based largely on its popularity. And you're looking at above six figures to climb into it. Yeah, right. Um, if they manage to bring the Nismo in at 138, I'd I'd be fairly shocked. I think you'd be looking at 150 plus. Potentially. Yes, that's that's a, a fair chunk of change. But um, I mean, a Nismo patrol uh, would be just yeah, just amazing. And then just to flip the script on that for one yep. second, you know, of course, that Land Cruiser is looking at GR Sport, potentially even GR branded Land Cruisers. In fact, they've just they've just put yep. on a new twin turbo V8 engine in the US that pundits are sort of predicting could find its way into a into the, a sporty flavored Land Cruiser. Right. So when it's not beyond the realms of possibility where you can so, your traffic light derby could be a patrol Nismo. Parked alongside a, a GR Land Cruiser. Cruiser, and and the whole formula for Bathurst is is solved at one go. Yeah, you know, you've just got right. patrols and Land Cruisers. And when they pull off the line, the torque and grip actually oh. takes the world spinning backwards. Well, they are they're climbing a mountain for goodness sake. I'm I getting casting just thinking about <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the the lack of body control and the uh, that's right. But that's. that's People who know me know that uh, the more ridiculous, the better. So I say bring them both on. I, it, exactly. Anything that makes the roads a more interesting place I'm into. Yeah, very good. And we did touch on that um, warrior, uh, Byron, the, yes. the warrior. And not the proton wearer, but the... Correct. Yeah. So there's already the, the Nissan Navara Entrek warrior mm-hmm. um, that is a local, as in an Australian execution, um, done with, with local engineering. Can you just enlighten us on on what a Nissan Patrol warrior might look like? Certainly. And in no way am I reading my story online at the moment <laughs> from the 10th of November on carsguide.com.au. Uh, please check it out. Uh, so uh, late last year, I had a bit of one-on-one time with um, Nissan Australia Managing Director Stephen Lester, and he uh, pretty much confirmed, well, he did confirm that uh, the upgrade to the warrior mm-hmm. is coming, uh, to the patrol is coming along the lines of what Nissan is doing with the Navara or has done with the Navara. Um, we know that the uh, face of Navara is going down the Warrior route too, but 
the patrol is in parallel development um, uh, down here in Melbourne uh, with Premcar, the, yep. the, uh, the specialists in, in this field, and they do a great job. Anyway, um, by I think even by late last year's um, standards, they realised that they were sitting on a, or they are sitting on a potential um, landmine, um, coal mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Not a yes. landmine. It, maybe a couple of years ago it would have been, but certainly a gold mine as to what they can do um, with the patrol. Yeah. Um, and uh, with a warrior, it's it's not going to be you know um, a, a massive uptake in um, a, a massive rise in uh, performance or that sort of thing. But it, yeah. it's 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 going to be a, a package we believe that is is going to give it a suitably sporty look. Um, at that stage, uh, the Nismo patrol kind of connection was still up in the air. Um, yeah. This could be as as um, as uh, Chesto. I said a kind of a three-tiered uh, that'd be amazing thing and the patrol look patrol has been is, is probably what the oldest uh, brand that nissan has some yeah. brand and yeah. they should um exploit this it's mm. uh, it's got the it, it has the uh, land cruiser style heritage um does right name yeah, um, yeah. I, i'm surprised that it's not exploited more to you know for there to be a smaller patrol sport or a, or yep. a patrol you kind of well that 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 three-tier for example, could be your luxury standard car that's the, the very comfortable cruiser, then your Warrior, which is uh, suspension, the big floaty tyres, the, the tough rims, and that's getting you more off highway. Mm -hmm. And then you've got your Nismo, which is very much focused for on the road, tighten it up, get rid of that floatiness, but exploit the V8 a little more. That would be pretty good coverage of, of that part of the market, I would have thought. Indeed, Absolutely. indeed. And with, um, with the Patrol... Nismo, that I think can dovetail with Mitsubishi's rally art aspirations uh, moving forward, where yep. they're going to put the rally art um, uh, kit and uh, and an ethos on their uh, Utes and possibly all will drive our uh, four by fours moving forward. Yep. Um, this to me is good news for people who are waiting and wanting a patrol. Uh, successor because I think uh, uh, pre-COVID times the volume was never enough really for Nissan to invest big on a patrol replacement but if you can imagine um, a Mitsubishi Pajero Rallyard and a patrol Nismo or a patrol uh, Warrior yep. kind of um, uh, kind of co-op moving forward because Nissan and Mitsubishi are now essentially controlled by the same under the same umbrella. Under yep. the same umbrella, um, I think this gives um, you know a license for Nissan to go down this path and develop a, a, a next generation performance uh, SUV four x four to really take on the monolith that is Toyota in this. Yeah, field. yeah, yeah. It's exciting. Um, of course, we found out yesterday that. Uh, over uh, overnight last night that uh that mitsubishi is actually is in fact reviving the rally art brand um for vehicles specifically for the triton i think initially okay but, uh but yes yeah, so, so rally arts coming back to uh, ostensibly i suppose to take on things like nismo ngr so yeah yeah you may just be entering a new dawn of japanese performance you never know yes in the strangest way possible in the strangest way and the other yeah. thing is with patrol it um and, you know, it's related to the Armada. It's also related to the Nissan Titan truck that we yep. don't necessarily get in Australia. But yep. all these 
vehicles, there's enough volume, I think, from a global perspective um, for, for there to be these uh, variants and for there to be um, evolution and development. We just hope that Nissan um, gives the patrol the due, I think, respect in terms of um, being as good as it can be against the greatness that, you know, we're expecting the Land Cruiser 300 series to be. Don't you yep. reckon, guys? Yep. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. In a way, in that part of the world, it's a bit like uh, Falcon and Commodore used to be. Patrol and Land Cruiser have been such long-time um, competitors and you have firm devotees in both camps, you know, that, mm. that um, swear by um, their rides. It's interesting if Nissan gets some love, um, how it might fare um, relative to that that seemingly dominant uh, Land Cruiser. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Yeah. All right. Um, I'll Sorry, just, go ahead, Byron. Just one more thing. Uh, as yeah. I'm talking to you and I've got my carsguide.com.au uh, <laughs> um, story up, I'm on the yeah. side of all these ads for uh, you can see on Carsguide of what uh, recent patrols are going for, 2020 models. And um, Nissan must be kicking itself because they, uh, before the COVID uh, uh, thing happened, uh, hmm. they did reduce the price of patrol as they kind of developed in order to keep interest up in this car. And now... I'm seeing patrol uh, patrol selling secondhand for way more than they probably would have cost me. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. 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 So yeah. I think uh, Nissan should really strike while the iron is hot in terms of just getting it out there, getting the Nismo out there, getting the worry out there and, you know, yeah. just. Because the other, the other part of the whole equation is that people who may not have been considering that type of vehicle who were going to travel overseas, but are having a holiday domestically might've bought a van and they need something to tow it with. So, all of a sudden, the, their gaze shifts to something altogether different, you know. Mm, um, totally th there's that. a real opportunity for them there as well. Because initially, we all thought that people were rushing into the LC200 to secure the last of the diesel V8s because, we, I mean, we know by now that that engine's not going to continue with the LC200. That sounds very Mad Max, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the uh, but that doesn't explain the patrols increase in any way, right? So, yeah. uh, so clearly, it's people, more people traveling locally, uh, mm. domestically and towing big things behind them as they go. Exactly, exactly. And it does that pretty well. Mm. So that's good. Thank you. That's a good discussion. And um, I'd love to hear what people think about the patrol. It's uh, To my eyes anyway, it has been a relatively low-key player, but it's doing very well. Where do you stand with the patrol, maybe relative to Land Cruiser? We'll, we'll um, up a photo of the Nismo too. Believe me, it's, it's anything but low-key. Yeah, they're a good point. Yeah, great point. Um, <laughs> now we'll move to our garage. Um, and Chesto, can I start with you, please, um, in terms of the car that you've been driving in the last week or so? Yep. And it's electric. It's of the brand we've just been talking about, yep. but quite yep. a different vehicle. Yeah, well, actually, it's interesting, isn't it? Because all these companies, this isn't being one of them, but there's plenty of others, somehow need to balance this development of sort of V8 petrol engines or new hypo diesel engines or, in Toyota's case, a new twin-turbo V8 in the States with this vast investment in fuel saving, right, of zero emissions vehicles, whether it's hybrid, plug-in hybrid, electric, or, or fuel cell. This one in particular is electric. I, I've been behind the wheel of the Nissan Leaf E+, uh, which is actually going to not, not – a, it is a new Leaf, but it will sit alongside the existing model as a kind of new flagship in the range. And, and as I've said before, it does equate to my score in maths through most of primary school. <laughs> <laughs> Not just man. I think that was the average. Probably across the board. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. this one is uh, look. The, the, the plus is pretty straightforward. It, it refers to ostensibly refers to a bigger battery pack, which has gone from forty kilowatt hours to sixty-two kilowatt hours. 
unofficially it also can, can apply to the price, which is now $10,500 more expensive, starting at $60,490 plus on-road costs, uh, which is not chump change by any stretch of the imagination and, and certainly one of the more expensive mainstream electric cars in Australia. You, you, Chester, I think you were referencing its proximity to, you know, your entry point for a Tesla Model 3. Is 62,900. Wow. So, so, so very, very close there. And look, the Hyundai Ioniq 2, which um, has not launched yet, Ioniq 5, I should say, has yep. not launched yet, but but I got up close and personal with through a video on, on carsguide.com.au, actually. <laughs> oh, my God. But, Wasn't that carsguide? Go easy. Stop it. <laughs> But I, I, but that thing is like super cool. Honestly, it, it. I mean, I have not driven it. It might it might drive like a bucket of bolts, but it is like just to look and feel and the technology in it, it is really super cool. And that's going to start in mid, around the mid six as well. So it's right. there was some pretty high, you know, some pretty strong competition. Uh, look, the critical element about it, I suppose, is the is the range. Um, it it now delivers. Bear with me as I just quickly find my notes. Uh, now delivers uh, 385 kilometres of driving range, up 115 kilometres on the regular leaf. Nissan described that as enough for people who want to take sort of weekends away out of the city. Yep. It, yep. it stops the leaf being a strictly urban car and unlocks longer drives. That's a big difference, yes. A big difference. Uh, and there's also uh, critically more power, which I'm just finding now. So, you know, usually <laughs> I try to come into these things a little bit more prepared, guys, but I'm kind of just doing my best here. No worries. We're all friends I'm still, here. I'm still thinking about um, the hazmat suit I have to wear when I finally see that Ionic 5 that you've just been in because you got so up close and personal with it. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, there is a little bit of that. Yeah. Uh, a, D, a DNA check just yeah. to make sure. Correct. So it's uh, 160 kilowatts of power now and 340 newton metres of torque. That's up 50 kilowatts and 20 newton metres. Brings the sprint to 100 kilometres down to 6.9 seconds. Okay. Um, which, look, in, in city car terms is not a bad number, really. Um, and, if, and it does feel pretty perky when you're driving it. But in, in EV land, you know, as we've all come to expect these sort of lightning quick sprints from EVs, it, it's not, you know, particularly fast, is it? Let's face it. Uh, nor is, has this in design to be probably. But I guess the, the really big news about the, the E Plus is that, like all Leafs and some other EVs in Australia as well, it's equipped with this thing called vehicle-to-grid technology, which means that yeah. rather than simply using your house to charge your car, for example, you can use your car to run your house. So it can charge yeah. as well as discharge. Now, the technology hasn't actually been approved in Australia yet. There's a series of trials running around Australia at the moment, but I was at the launch of the E-plus as well, and they they sort of swore on a stack of Bibles that it would be approved and launched sometime in 2021. Uh, and frankly, they're running out of months. So sometime, <laughs> yeah. sometime over the next six yeah. months, you can expect to see this technology launch. And there's a, a guy called Tim Washington who runs, a, the, I guess, the key charging infrastructure. Nicknamed George, obviously. Yes, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a company called Jet Charge, which works with most manufacturers to install um, charging charging infrastructure both at dealerships and at people's homes. So the easiest way to think of the increase in storage capacity in the E Plus battery is as an extra day of power at your house. Right. So you, you could charge it at work, for example, bring your E Plus home, plug it into the standard Australian home, and get about three days power out of it. Wow. Without um, ever drawing from the grid. Yeah. And I was just going to say that the, the Leafs positioning amongst the, the increasing number of uh, EVs in the Aussie market, is a re- it's a conventional car. It feels very um, familiar yeah. in terms of the way it looks and feels. That's its thing, isn't it? That it's not going to be confronting 
um, to someone coming out of an internal combustion car. That's right. But blessing and a curse there too, JC, because you, yeah. you, we come to expect, um, I guess, something quite special from, from EVs when it comes to technology. And Tesla, you know, really led that charge with their huge screens and fart sounds and all that ridiculousness. Yeah. So the, the, I guess the, the, the key drawback with the E Plus is that it, it doesn't necessarily have a sense of wow factor. Both, yeah. both when, neither when you're driving or, or simply sitting in it. It does yeah. very much just feel like a Nissan car. For some, that'll be a big positive. But if you like EVs because they're a bit special and cool, it is lacking some of that, you know, some of that. I, I would say, Andrew and, and James, that the, um, the positioning of the Leaf Plus is interesting because it's, it's definitely a stopgap model for the Aria, the Nissan yeah. Aria range that's coming. Yeah. Um, we know the Leaf is essentially the 2010 car with a, with a different body, upgraded multimedia, and a lot of improvements. I used to own a Mark I Leaf. I had yeah. one for a few years. So, um, you know, and I, I, I found it a dear old thing in the same way that I find my Morris Minor a dear <laughs> old thing. It really was. Like, it's you pot it around, you know, you, dr- you drive it. I mean, it was fast enough. Did it, did, did it have the trafficators that come out of the beat? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, uh, the uh, semaphore, <laughs> yeah. uh, the semaphore things. Um, no, it's not quite that old. Um, however, it's um, yeah, or and it's not as old as a Patrol either. It's not yeah, that's carbon date that car. Right? <laughs> um, but the, carbon dating. That's a great uh, headline well, for a story. Actually, well, that's that's my uh, grinder profile now, isn't it? Carbon <laughs> dating. Dear, dear, dear. Anyway, um, going back to the uh, leaf. Plus, uh, yeah, that position, that pricing is is quite high, especially for an it old is. car. It is. Um, but the Aria is the next generation, is the future, and is the um, is the direction that Nissan is going with its electrification. Yeah. That cool. and the e power, which um, is their um, their uh, their plug in, not sorry, cool. not plug in oh. hybrid, but their uh, their answer to hybrid, yeah, 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 yeah hybrid, yeah. where they've got a small engine, petrol engine, um, powering the uh, as a generator. So, cool, cool. Hmm. All right, right. Well, to, to, to give Nissan its due, that Aria, I think you might have been there with me, Byron. I can't recall, but when we saw that at the Tokyo show, yeah. uh, it, it's a it's a pretty cool bit of kit too. Inside you did, out, you wanted to get close and personal with that. I did. Oh, yes. Well, glad you were there to intervene, Byron. So, um, <laughs> we'll leave. Sorry, no, sorry, go ahead, Chester. What does that tell you about the price of that car? Now, look, officially, it hasn't even been confirmed for Australia yet, but you know, we know it's it's a global product. It's, it's you know, almost certainly coming it's in. It's not going to be cheap. If this thing's $16,500, I do worry what that means for the Aria. That, that's going to be an expensive uh, expensive SUV, I reckon. Anyway, um, you can segue by saying it's time to lift this, uh, ah. this topic here, James. Yes, Sorry, it is mate. time to lift that topic. And um, we will move, we'll move to you, Byron, and we need you to give us an update on the Suzuki. Um, that you have been driving. It's diminutive. Um, I, for one, love the look of it, but fill us in, please. Yes, the uh, the car that started life as a concept IM4 back in the uh, mid-2010s. Um, you know, you want a patrol warrior or patrol Nismo to go 4 by 4 ing Why don't you consider the Suzuki Ignis instead? Um, <laughs> no one ever. It's highly inappropriate for that yeah, kind of driving. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. It's, it's Australia's cheapest. Uh, SUV. It's it's uh, it's class as an SUV, and I had doubts about this when I picked up this car. Even though I went to its launch back in the day, um, it stands taller than a Mazda CX-3. Did you know that? 
No, I did not. Yeah, I wouldn't have believed it, but yeah, that's interesting. Okay, and it's got and it's got um, it's got the ground clearance. It's got the uh, uh, the high hip point. So when you open the door, right. you can just kind of swing your butt around and Out. inside yep. rather than you know having to sit you know, climb sit in or climb down. It. Yep. Um, now this car has um, taken on an added significance for two reasons. One, because uh, you know we're all obsessed with SUVs now and crossovers, but also. It's one of the few new cars you can buy under twenty thousand dollars. Yes. Um, so I uh, have been driving it this week for CarsGuide.com.au. Uh, review, <laughs> review shortly. I and yeah, and I found it to be surprisingly capable. Uh, the car was launched in Australia in early two thousand and seventeen, and mm. back back in the, at that time, I found its steering to be a little bit light, a little bit disconnected feeling. The ride was too hard, and I just found it disappointing. Okay. Uh, this, uh, but Suzuki has uh, improved the vehicle. The facelifted version was unveiled early last year. We got it in the middle of last year. And because of COVID and lockdowns, particularly down here um, in Melbourne, uh, you know, we're just getting around to driving these cars. That, uh, right. Yeah. And I found it to be uh, exceptionally well suited to today's um, motoring. Um, it, yeah. it has this, the base Swift's 1.2 litre um, K12C four cylinder engine um married to a cvt so it's it's it feels like a city car to drive yeah but that's yeah. a great engine suzuki makes uh, lusty um gutsy uh revy engines and this is no exception in ignis they've done something to the steering because it now handles the way us uh, pretty much close to what a Swift does. Good. Um, it's, it's got great room. My model was the GLX, which uh, is uh, recently went, uh, breached the $20,000 mark at $21,790. And that uh, goes from a five-seater to a four-seater, but it's got a rear bench that is split and sl- um, and it slides and it reclines. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Which I think for the target market, you don't need a five-seater in a, uh, in a narrow car. But, um, and it's economical to boot. So, oh, totally. Um, but what I found... Most is that because it's uh, I live you know, in a in a city suburb. I found that uh, the ride height and the um, better vision that you get out of this car made it particularly suitable for urban environments. Um, I think more people should turn on to this sort of car, mm-hmm. um, and it looks great. As <clears> you know, it's got these retro cues from the nineteen uh, seventies. Um, yeah, and that that's exactly what causes some people to dislike it. It tends to be. Um, black or white, isn't it? Quite polarizing. Yep. Now I'm going to just be just. I'm just going to say, I am going to be controversial by saying that I prefer it to the Jimny. Oh, do you? All right. Yes. Okay. I, um, I think that the Jimny certainly has its place, um, and it's uh, it, it, Ignis certainly cannot go anywhere near what a four by four Jimny can. And I love the Jimny for what it does, but I think the Ignis deserves more love. And fun fact. The Ignis uh, was uh, originally sold in Australia um, from 2000 from a design that um, Peter Hughes did at Holden. Oh, uh, wow. Which, uh, which meant... Which it's right. Was, and uh, that car was, of course, the original Holden Cruise. Cruise, four by yes. Four. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Peter Hughes under Mike Simcoe uh, developed that car. Yeah. So the Ignis has... A, An a Aussie connection. Aussie connection. So there you go. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, Chester, did you want to say something there? No, no, no. When you, I just when you were saying that the design was polarising, I was just making the point that I was on the other side of the equation. I, I, I think it looks vaguely awkward, to be honest, but that's my yeah. viewpoint. However, I do agree with you, mate. I've, I've, I've rallied against the Jimny before. I think it's great as an off-roader, but I think if you buy one, 
to live in an inner city suburb, which lots of people seem to do. I, I think you're mad. It's not. You enjoy self harm. Not a great city car. <laughs> oh, you don't. Th- oh, sorry. Oh, the chimneys rather. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very much so. And I, um, and the Ignis actually, you know, it looks really cool with its flare wheel arches and its um. Yeah. It's, uh, it nice. looks pretty tough. It looks like a mini muscle car in a way. Hmm. All right, well, I'm going to pick it up and just uh, quickly fill you in on the Jaguar F-Pace um, that I was driving. R-Dynamic, oh, HSE <laughs> P400. It's a three-litre twin-turbo inline six, 294 kilowatts, 550 newton metres, and all that torque's available at 2,000 RPM. HP sounds Auto. like you've just given us your text file number there, P400. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, 294-550-2000. Um, and eight six seven five three. <laughs> it's an all-wheel drive. One hundred and ten thousand four hundred and four dollars before you put it on the road. So, it's zero to one hundred is five point four, which is which is rapid, for sure. But it's the torque that you really notice. Um, it's got plenty of that five hundred and fifty uh, newton meters. It's quiet. I noticed it was very quiet. The the sound um, insulation, the the way it's been uh, damped in that regard is pretty pretty great. It's comfortable. Multimedia, it's got a new screen, so it's had a facelift and it's had upgrades. It's got a new multimedia screen, uh, screen, screen, and the interaction is really easy, very intuitive. Um, this one's got the leather. It looks good. It's very roomy um, for its size. The only thing I was really uh, – I'd pick out as a niggle with it is the engine, this Ingenium um, six-cylinder. It's almost reluctant to pick up the throttle and get going. It's not a linear kind of throttle response. So from step off, when you're trying to get going, you're like squeezing the, the throttle and you have to push it just that little bit further and woof, off you go. So it's not, it's not as um, greasy smooth as you'd like it um, on takeoff. But once you are going and there's, you know, a normal and a sport mode and it'll, it'll start to be a little bit more aggressive on, on the gear changes, it's a fun, quite engaging car to drive, but I just uh, didn't, didn't like that so much. It's it, sorry, Jesse. Just quickly, I, I, I've been fortunate enough, I reckon, to do maybe twenty of these podcasts so far. Maybe yeah. twenty-five. I'm yeah. still waiting for you to drop below the six-figure barrier. No, 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 unbelievable. <laughs> no, it's pure. It's pure coincidence. There are other podcasts where it's you know other vehicles. It's oh, just I'm getting around in the twenty thousand uh, dollar SUV. You're rocking around in this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Soon you'll be hitting the seven-figure mark. You're out. <laughs> We don't, we don't write for kardashianguide.com.au. You know, that'd be, you? that'd be an interesting site. That would be yeah. an interesting site. But anyway, sorry we digress. It's, a, it's an SQ5 Audi, X5, maybe upper end of X3, Range Rover Velar, Merc GLE, that kind of world. Yep. Um, and so if you're, you're into that premium um, Euro-focused SUV, this is a perfectly capable one. And I think the facelift, just subjectively to my eyes, is a success. It looks... It looks just that little bit smoother and sleeker um, on the outside, and I found it a very enjoyable car to drive for the week. Awesome. There you go. So now let's just get into a bit of feedback from last week. And last week we were talking about a story of yours, Byron, which was the utes that we can't have but should because, you know, fair sucker to sab, we invented the thing. Um, And we can't have these utes, the Santa Cruz, Hyundai, Ford Maverick, which is upcoming, Honda Ridgeline, which has been in the States for Yonks. And Fiat Strata, which is a bit of an outlier, but but was fun to, to look at. Now, Grudlin74 says, guys, you should be spruiking hard about these models. Remember when Ford took away production, they promised one Ford. 
So we were led to believe that we'd get more global products here. Also, the Maverick can fit Ford Escape engines that had a mighty diesel and a turbo petrol. Now, my recollection is that one Ford was Alan Mulally. It was a, it was a little bit earlier. I'm, I'm not a, exactly remembering what was said when Ford, um, you know, closed local production. So where, where Australia is still a design and engineering um, homeroom is the Ford terminology. That's right, isn't it, uh, Byron? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yes. Yep. Um, so, so we do participate in all of that. But what do you make of that thought, that, that we were promised, you know, lots of, lots of toys and we'd, we'd get global product when mm. local production for Ford was, was shut down? Yeah. Is, is that your recollection? Yeah, well, I think there's always been uh, one rule for Ford in America and one rule for Ford in the rest of the world. And right. that um, is even during this Malali era. So you're right, the Malali era, one Ford um, uh, philosophy. Uh, the, the Mustang was still only America, uh, was only America only. The F Series truck continues yep. to really be left hand drive only. Yeah. And uh, they seem to have kind of reined that in anyway because uh, we're getting now things like the Explorer that when uh, we're seeing things like the Explorer and the Bronco and these other Fords that we're simply not in line to get. And, yes. Um, and it's, it's a little bit frustrating because it just shows the, uh, just the focus of, no pun intended. Pardon the pun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Of your uh, Ford's US operations that it is an American company, but you know, Ford really in America really needs to remember that Australia is very much uh, built on um, this brand um, being part of our cultural fabric. Uh, and particularly yeah. now that Holden's gone, you know? Uh, yeah. And it just annoys me that um, we, we are very much second tier. Um, and of course, as I said in the uh, article, we pretty much invented the car-based coupe. It was a it was a person in in Gibson, Victoria. That's was right. it not? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was Lou Lou Brandt, um, who uh, who wrote the letter about uh, his wife needing uh, to be transported to church on Sunday, and the pigs on the, to market uh, to market the uh, <laughs> the rest of the week. So yeah. on Monday. So um, it it we hope that these car based uh, Utes look. They will eventually come to Australia. Someone's yeah. going to bite the bullet because uh, as emissions and weight requirements and, uh, and kind of congestion um, dictates that people will have or will, will, will need to drive uh, pickup trucks that are, yeah. uh, that are kind of more efficient, um, someone's going to bite the bullet. And I reckon it's going to be yeah, Hyundai or Kia that brings something in like the Santa Cruz, which, of course, yeah. is the car that I think should definitely come to Australia. Um, don't you think, guys? I do. I, I do for one. I've pondered this a bit lately, actually. I wonder if anyone would buy them, you know, would, yep. without those emission pressures, which we don't have in this country at the moment. Well, not yet. If, yet, if yeah. we were to launch it for Santa Cruz now, how do you think it would go? Well, look, it's, uh, it's conjecture, isn't it? I think it would do pretty well, but it's a good segue into Senior Bob, our old mate Senior Bob, who had some very nice things to say about the podcast. Thank you, Senior. Um, but he says Santa Cruz in Australia, cap, all caps, no way. The the days of Brumby and Proton, uh, which was the uh, Jumbuck, are over. Aussies have moved on way further than even the current Ute offerings. And he's given his manifesto, his Ute manifesto, which is Coyote V8 Ranger, yes, please. Bronco, Ford, take my money, petrol, please. Ford Maverick, nope, no point, useless, will not sell. Uh, 
Byron's right about picketing Ford dealers, but not for that stupid 1.5 litre Maverick. Picket them for Bronco. Um, I've got to say I agree, Jason. I'm with him so far. Ridgeline 3.5 V6 petrol could work here. Looks good. Honda quality. Petrol, about 10 exclamation marks. Senior Bob is a, uh, a big fan of petrol engines. Brazilian Fiat Strata, lame. Fiat dodgy quality, but even worse, it's built in Brazil. Um, forget it. Ford might as well bring the Brazilian Ford Troller T4. And I, for one, had to put my hand up to not being familiar with the Troller T4. Did a bit of digging. I think and I've it was it. Have you? Brazilian yeah. company, um, b- because Ford has pulled out of uh, Brazil as far as production goes, it's it's kaput too, as far as I understand it. But for people on YouTube, we'll have a few pics of it. Interesting looking thing in its most um, recent iteration. Yeah. So there, there's a very strident opponent um, so, of Santa Cruz. I'll just interject for one second. I, I kind of tend to, to, to not, I don't agree with all of that, but my view on youths in this country is that they, they have progressed so much further than tools of work, right? They are undeniably now tools of image. It's all about the image of the Ranger Raptor. It's all about the image of your beefed up whatever. Because, you know, let, let's be honest, 99% of the customers who buy those vehicles aren't using them for strictly what they've been engineered for, right? So I do wonder in that kind of macho, big ute world, who, who is going to be the first one to pull up in a Santa Cruz and say, you know, it gets really yep. great fuel economy and I can put it <laughs> in the back. Oh, I just well, Richard, Richard was using the acid test of his street where he lives um, in the semi-inner west of Sydney that he thought it would be torched it would probably end up upside down, graffitied and on fire um, because uh, people... Not in the West. That's where I live. We're... I know you do. Well, you'd be the one doing the torching. Or, <laughs> or if, you turned, if you turned up to the campsite, you know, your credibility would be lacking, was his thought. Yeah. Unless it was a campsite. Yeah. Now, Byron, you were going to say something. Sorry, I cut you off. Yes, I was going to say that uh, I, I think that... Uh, I think there's room for both. I think there's room for big, bacho, um, heteronormative... Uh, trucks that are just, you know, like big macho things. And I think that there are, for the rest of us, there's trucks, that are, there are pickup trucks, <laughs> replacements for the Falcon and Commodore Ute style, lightweight, economical, yeah. uh, urban friendly things yeah. that, you know, frankly, I don't have kids, but, you know, yeah. um, I don't want to, I wouldn't want my 18 year old uh, daughter or son uh, to get their P plate in a 15 year old uh, Triton or Courier or whatever right, with right. Its dodgy brakes and, you know, no safety. You know, I think that these sort of things uh, should be taken into account when people buy cars for work and pleasure and leisure. So right. um, I think a, a car that's based on the excellent um, uh, Kia and Hyundai midsize SUV platform with all the safety and the driving systems as well yeah. as the environmental things makes sense. And yeah. I feel that uh, there is definitely a market for I think I'm. I think I'm on that side of the fence too, for what it's yeah. worth. And yeah, and I think why not have the choice of um, Santa Cruz? Why are people just saying, "Oh no, we, it's one or the other"? We can yeah. have a Maverick. We can have a Bronco. My point is that we want more choice of cars that people want. And yeah. when it's a choice that goes towards better safety and more environmental credential type thing, why yeah. not? All right. Well, it's good. If I could just label a quick counter argument there, you could argue <laughs> in Australia already does offer plenty of choice, and and uh, the answer is almost exclusively Ranger and, and occasionally. That's true. That's a big car. Yeah. I've got I've got friends who are under five foot five who want to drive those cars. I can't even reach the mm. bed. On the, the, it was it used to be just wooden blocks on the pedals. I think was yeah. the answer to that one. Um, <laughs> now, senior also uh, was inquisitive and in, in, and wondering what the 
picture I had in my background last week was, it was the Nissan as my background, but Blake, another commenter, was onto it. Mm-hmm. And it was the, it's the Nissan IDX, which was a Tokyo 2013 release. I was, I was there uh, for that. So there were two versions of it as a concept, the Nismo and the Free Flow uh, version. Nismo was all carbon, fat rubber, side pipes, um, projected to have a 1.6-litre turbo, very much an echo of the, what we'd call the Datto 1600, but was a 510 in, in North America. And the free flow was just beautiful. It was your more civilised, civilian-type version with different headlights, and um, you could. they were saying it would be a 1.2 to a 1.5, but it, it never happened, and a lot of people were disappointed because they were just such um, fantastic-looking cars. So, yeah, it was an IDX. Awesome. Now... To finish off, in our uh, Ute discussion, we did go off on a sidetrack around panel vans mm-hmm. and the heart-shaped divider between the front seats and the flacardi rug in the back and uh, if it's rocking, don't bother knocking, et cetera. And Brad, Brad Parker said, lads, the new panel van's the rooftop tent and most cool kids uh, leave them on their roof all the time for convenience. Um, like the panel van, you never know when you might need it, wink emoji. Uh, the only downside is fuel consumption and underground car parks, but it's worth it. <laughs> and, and Hammer Rock said the Toyota Land Cruiser 78 Series Troopy mm. is the new panel van. You can easily fit a mattress at the back with space to spare. So thank you very much for the update on that, of course. We, we had not thought of the Troopy. Mm. But speaking of other things we haven't thought of, it's time for Muskwatch. Okay, first of all, big announcement on Twitter, where else, during the week, that uh, Tesla is no longer accepting Bitcoin as payment for its vehicles. Um, And that's because the deal leader has discovered that Bitcoin mining is um, not very green. It relies on fossil fuels in terms of electricity used to churn these, you know, uh, computations and whatever that goes into creating these cryptocurrencies. Uh, He won't accept it as payment for the cars. But uh, the Daily News reports that Bitcoin fell 17% on the back of that that one tweet. Can I just make a quick point that the dear leader discovered something that was already very well known by the rest of the world? (laughs) Reading an amazing article about Bitcoin that said that it basically takes the annual power consumption of Argentina to Bitcoin. I think it was the Netherlands. Uh, Argentina, New Zealand, all the Netherlands, I think. Right. uh, Well, there you go. Yes, to, to generate it. The idea being that it is incredibly bad for the environment, much much worse than, than cash money. Right. Well, well, the New Daily was uh, talking about reports of a, a green Bitcoin could be the, the next thing. But Sats, who was commenting um, on, on Twitter, said, one, buy and promote. Two, do research months yeah, later. Exactly. My man. You know, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's Elon. Rebel Alliance OAM says the master market manipulator now enters a new phase. Yeah. And in response, uh, Brihas Dad says, wonder if and when he's been buying and selling Bitcoin. So they're seeing it as a big play to reduce the price. He might buy more. He's manipulating the market again, which is very cynical, but possibly true. Um, then Mark W. Yusko says, so this incredibly, by this incredibly twisted logic, you can no longer accept currency for your cars because banking transactions consume thousands of times more energy than Bitcoin transactions. Oh, yeah, and can't sell any cars in China 
since most electricity comes from coal there. Um, and various others just saying they've lost all respect for him, deeply disappointed. And my mind went to rockets, that maybe rockets aren't the most environmentally friendly thing or maybe um, to be chucking up in the atmosphere. And all that, uh, environmentally exactly, friendly. exactly. Andrew C. Laufer Esquire says, you're a smart guy, so you know that a Tesla uses a lithium battery charged yeah. with electricity that's generated by fossil fuels. So what's the real reason you're dumping Bitcoin, champ? Um, and... Spiro Agnew's ghost says because it's made up, manipulated pile of trash nonsense that is the number one haven for money launderers currently. And that's another strong theme with cryptocurrencies. Yeah. But, but Dan Harvey finished off by just saying, any chance of buying Coventry City? So there's a <laughs> Premier League team in trouble um, needing a buyer. But the other big news during the week, and we speculated last week that Elon's appearance on Saturday Night Live could be the first domino to fall in the end of the world, that, that basically uh, the apocalypse was going to happen because he appeared. But the world didn't end. But what we do know is that Saturday Night Live, Live writers are even better than they thought they were. Um, for anyone that watched it, just an incredibly cringy opening monologue, which was on Mother's Day and his reference to his mum, May, who was there and uh, spoke with him on stage. And Byron, you and I have agreed she is some kind of fembot android, not, not a... <laughs> Not a human being at all. He may have very well have built her. You never know. He may have built her. That's right. Um, that's a great point. Um, but anyway. I, I, I had to try. I, I went searching for who this person was because yeah. her accent was so oh. other, otherworldly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Where, 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 what exactly. program she, is it from? She's, um, Richard, Richard Berry has, uh, you know, uh, a flame in his heart for May Musk. He, uh, he's very attracted to this woman. She's an older, an older fashion model who writes books and is, um, anyway, yeah, let's leave it there. Um, but in one of the sketches, in one of the sketches, Elon was dressed as Wario um, in court accused of killing Mario. And he's speaking with an Italian accent. And I, in going through the comments, Wario is meant to be German. So people were taking offence that he was speaking in an Italian accent. Grimes, his partner, was Princess Peach, who was also speaking with an Italian accent. She's not spent, meant to do that. Wow. But just this one sketch on YouTube had 4.6 million views, 35,000 comments, and respect to SNL for leaving the comments function enabled on this thing because um, Saf Broface says, I watched this when I was super tired and legit thought I was hallucinating. And... Emma Ojeda summed it up beautifully and speaks for a lot of us when they said, finally, a you laugh, you lose challenge, everyone can actually win. And it was, it was from a comedic point of view, it was a disaster. What were they thinking having him on? It's just so bizarre. I've got no idea. Oh, the guy is a, piece, he's a piece of two by four, really. In terms of personality, he is, you know, there isn't one. It was a masterstroke, I think. Just well, well, the numbers prove it, don't it? Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Saturday Night Live has never had so much promotion, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, look, Tesla, the share price, it's down again. Um, it's under six hundred dollars now, five hundred nearly five hundred ninety dollars. So it's lost eighty bucks in the last week. It was six hundred and seventy odd. Um, and Opto is saying, is there any upside left in Tesla's share price? You know. And it's a theme that we've been touching on and various uh, media outlets have been touching on as well. It's like people are, are kind of waking up. Um, most recently, a better than expected earnings and, and production uh, announcement, but, but the share price hasn't bounced. 
it's, it's in fact continued to kind of trend downwards. And uh, that's largely because, according to Opto, fewer EV manufacturers are relying on purchasing tax credits from Tesla. And people are realising that that's a big part of the company's uh, kind of profit engine is coming yeah, from yeah, these yeah. EV. Memory Sorry? Serves, if memory serves, it's the biggest. They make oh, yeah. out of credits and they do anything else. And, yeah. and we, uh, that, that is a real trap floor in the business model because we're getting to a point where other manufacturers simply will not need them. Precisely. So it's it's leading to a fundamental re-evaluation of, of the business. Um, and the car business actually suffered an underlying loss. It's just, you know, the crypto and the, the credits that are, are keeping things going at the moment. So, okay, they're making money, but it's it's not in the way you might think. Yeah. And there are problems in China. The 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 Giga uh, Shanghai plans to expand that have been shelved. Um, brands like Neo and I think it's pronounced Peng, it's X P E N G, and Li Auto are taking market share. So Chinese people are looking for you know um, more affordable alternatives, and they're doing well. So yeah, maybe we have reached peak Tesla, and uh, what what's going to take it back there? We 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 remain uh, interested to see what comes. Mm. Uh, Nissan yeah. Patrol Warriors and Nismo. That's what's going to take exactly. It. Yeah, that's yeah. where it's at. That's where it's at. Um, but with that, we have reached the finish line, and I want to say thank you, Byron. Thank you, mate. And thank you, Chester. Thank you, everyone. And thanks to our production solutionist, codependence manager and indoor cricket coach, Mr. Pritchard, for his tenacity in dotting the show's I's and crossing its T's. Today, he's wearing a T-shirt saying, and yet, despite the look on my face, you're still talking. Um, Celine Dion pants and baseball shoes. No, not shoes you wear to play baseball. Baseball shoes. Um, let us know your thoughts. You can find Cars Guide on Facebook and Instagram or email us at comments at carsguide.com.au. If you're an Apple podcast listener, please rate and review us. Remember, you can also watch us on YouTube. And if you are already, make sure you subscribe to the Cars Guide YouTube channel so you can stay on top of all our latest content. And we all but read the comments, guys, so get involved. We do. <laughs> but before we go, talking to an older, wiser mate of mine earlier in the week, and he was telling me, back in my day, you could walk into Repco with $50 and walk out with a set of brake pads, six spark plugs, a new battery, five litres of oil, a fan belt, and a set of roof racks. Can't do that today. Too many fucking cameras. <laughs> <laughs> what do you miss, JC? What do you miss? Is that from experience there, <laughs> James? Maybe. <laughs>